0: Welcome. Well, it feels like this guest is becoming a regular. Richard Capriola last year came on the podcast to talk about the addicted child, and the book he had written to help parents recognise the signs and then understand what the next steps are should their child be addicted to substances or other things. Then... Richard came back on the podcast to talk to us about his investigations on how the pandemic had impacted teen substance abuse and teen mental health. And now, today, Richard has come back along to the podcast to tell us, post-pandemic, how teen substance abuse and mental health is improving or failing Um, and what the changes have actually been post-pandemic this is the strong single and human podcast hey richard thank you for joining us again again
1: (laughs) claire it's a pleasure to be here with you again i appreciate you taking the time to talk to me
0: no it's great i can't wait to talk to you about the subject we're going to talk about today which is um where substance abuse has gone post-pandemic regarding our teens yeah. um and their mental health as such because we're now like a year out from all the chaos that was COVID. Mm. And um and from what you're saying, there was a a year on, there were survey results that have come out in December um, that basically um say, well, right, where are we now regarding substance abuse in our teens? so before we get into that and i'm sure people have listened to the past episodes but can you just in case they haven't and if they haven't why haven't they can you just give me um or tell my listeners just a little bit about yourself and if they want to know any more they can go back and listen to the other two because that's where you've really given us more details yeah,
1: I, I basically have been in the mental health and substance abuse field for a little over two decades uh, I worked for a Menninger Clinic, which is a large psychiatric hospital outside of Houston, Texas, for over a decade, where I treated both teenagers and adults diagnosed with mental health and substance abuse disorders. And so many times I would come in contact with parents, and I would uh, talk to them about their child's use of uh, substance or alcohol, and, and they would look at me and say, I had no idea this was going on. Or if they did suspect their child was using a a substance, uh, they would say things like, I sort of thought something was going on, but I didn't know it was this bad. And these are good parents. These are good parents doing the best job that they can. They missed the warning signs because nobody told them what to look for. So after I left Menninger, I wrote my book, The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse, to help parents become better informed and more aware of teenage substance abuse. What the warning signs are, um, how how drugs work in the teen brain, uh, resources and hopefully uh, information all packed within a hundred pages that parents would find easy to read, very user friendly, and hopefully informative.
0: And people can, if they if if they are going through such issues with their teen, um, they can get this from the usual places um, like. Amazon and stuff, or is it on your website? It's
1: it's available on Amazon. It's available through my website, uh, which is www.helptheaddictedchild.com. Helptheaddictedchild.com. It's only about a 100 pages because I know parents are busy. Uh, But uh, really, it's a resource for everyone. Because even if your child is not using a substance, uh, they're vulnerable, and the, yeah. the more we know, uh, the more we feel empowered to be able to deal with this issue, if we have to.
0: Yes, exactly. I mean, you know, some situations we don't, but, um, yeah, no. Okay, cool. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving us a bit of background sure. on, um, on what you have done and why you're here, basically. So I contacted you, crikey, two years ago, to find out what the impacts of the pandemic and what the impacts of um drug and alcohol abuse addictive behavior was on our children so i initially got you on to talk about your book because i thought it was a really helpful resource for parents out there and then i got you back because we were going through the pandemic and i was like well you know what are the statistics what's the research saying on um how the pandemics actually are we worse off better off because i know as a parent i was starting to mentally unhinge with having my child home 24 7 having to teach him and work and do all the other things Mm -hmm. um but now we're a year out okay so what's been happening post pandemic regarding the research that you've
1: been looking at well the, the new research came out in december and what it looked at this is this is a survey that's done every year it's been it's been conducted every year for decades so we have a lot of historical information about uh, teenage uh, substance use and and it surveys uh, kids in grades 8 10 and 12 every year And it asked them what substances they're using, how how easy is it for them to get substances, and so on. And the data showed that during the pandemic, as we might have expected, uh, the use of uh, alcohol and drugs among teenagers declined significantly because kids were at home. Uh, They were pulled away from their social environment, from their friends, from their schools. So um, we saw a dramatic decrease in substance use during the pandemic year. Now we have new... Go ahead. And I suppose, sorry to to interrupt you,
0: Richard, but I suppose because they're at home, they're they're not dealing with peer pressure so much, are they? Because they're not socializing with their friends and therefore... Well, they are, but it's all online, right? And in the confines of the house. So yeah. they're then not having to deal with potentially the peer pressure that they would get if they're out at a party or, you know, generally socializing.
1: Absolutely. They were pulled away from from interacting with a lot of their peers, and and many of their peers might have been using substances, so that kind of interaction was significantly reduced. Uh, Kids were pretty much um, at home, um, so their access to drugs went down. So we saw across the board a significant decline in teenagers using substances or drinking alcohol. We now have new data. Uh, that came out in December about what happened a year after the pandemic. And and what we saw was that there was a slight rebound in teenagers using substances, but still below the pre-pandemic level. For example, um, we know that the pandemic forced a decline in teenagers drinking alcohol but uh, the alcohol use by high school seniors rebounded, increased in 2022. So it appears that the brief decline during the pandemic in drinking alcohol uh, does not have any long-term effect. Kids return to drinking alcohol uh, almost at the pre-pandemic levels. Marijuana use... then to- Go ahead. But then
0: alcohol, right? So... I'm not surprised by that because, to my mind, and I'm like I live in Australia, right, and I come from the UK, so we're both alcohol social, yeah. uh, socially acceptable environments, right? So everyone drinks, right? You celebrate having a drink with your birthday, somebody else's birthday, if you've had a hard day at work, all of those sort of, you know, um, alcohol is used as a coping mechanism to celebrate, but also to cope, right? right. Um, but it's a socially acceptable drug which being involved in an alcohol uh, in an alcohol um abusive relationship um slightly annoys me because alcohol is a drug it isn't it's very addictive I mean a lot of things are addictive like shopping and stuff like that but we still socially it's socially acceptable to go out and get smashed out of your brain on a weekend or whatever especially in the UK I'm not so much sure it's the same case here but um but yeah so i'm not surprised with that but what what about the other substances then
1: well um vaping for example vaping nicotine and marijuana for three years prior to the pandemic it had been increasing uh, at dramatic rates it was uh, increasing year after year Uh, again the pandemic pushed it down Uh, But uh, in 2022, a year after the pandemic, there was a slight increase in vaping. So uh, although the pandemic did reduce it, uh, kids have returned to vaping still below the pre-pandemic levels, Uh still still below, below. but increasing. And uh, marijuana use also um, uh, was reduced during the pandemic. uh, but, but, But following the pandemic, the year after in 2022, It still remains below the pre-pandemic, but again, it's starting to increase as well. It's going to take a few more years of this data to see if we're going to get back to the pre-pandemic levels and if the trend is going to continue to move up. The one that was surprising, I think, is in the increase in prescribed drugs for ADHD these are prescribed by physicians. Wow. There was um, uh there was an increase um uh, significant increase in the prescription drugs for ADHD medications. And what we think
0: So this is like Ritalin and things Ritalin, like Ritalin,
1: Adderall, that the... uh you know prescribed by doctors uh so it's under a doctor's supervision. Um what we think happened was that because kids during the pandemic were sheltered at home, many parents began to see for the first time, perhaps, that their child might be struggling with an attention deficit disorder. They then wow. took their child to a physician uh, to get diagnosed and assessed and uh, was uh, uh, prescribed uh one of these ADHD medications. So I think just having the kids at home maybe made the parents a little more aware of some of the issues that their child might have had, which then led to getting medical advice and prescription drugs. So that's probably one of the reasons why we saw an increase in the prescribed uh, use of these medications for ADHD.
0: And we, and, so, and we have to, it's not that it's unprescribed and people right. are taking this because you know they want it as a stimulant this is you know this is a benefit of the pandemic to a certain extent is the fact that people became aware that the children needed help because they were suffering from adhd or I, i don't like to call it suffering from adhd because i just think adhd is just a different superpower that these children have as opposed to myself in the fact that I don't, they don't waste their time on things that they're not passionate about and not focused (laughs) about. Whereas, and they just go, well, I'm not bothered about that. And although they should maybe be bothered about the things that they're not passionate about, they just 110% focus on the things that they are passionate about. Whereas someone like me who doesn't have ADHD, I sort of go across the whole lot. And sometimes (laughs) I wish I just ignored the stuff that I hated. (laughs) The I other know. thing I All would
1: good. I would urge parents to to be aware of is uh, the drug fentanyl. Uh fentanyl oh, is a very What's going on with very that? deadly drug. Uh fortunately, it is not commonly used among teenagers. Uh, it is uh sadly um having a a, a very dramatic effect on adults. Uh, It is resulting in the death of far too many people. And while it is not a drug that is widely used among teenagers, it's important for parents to educate their children that drugs that they may be getting over the internet or social media or even from friends could possibly contain fentanyl without anyone knowing it. So the, the, wow. you know it's, it's important that that kids understand that anytime they buy a substance over the internet or social media or even from people on the street, maybe even friends, that those drugs could be tainted with something that could be very harmful to them like fentanyl
0: and um, so have you seen is it, so it, have you seen an increase? In, I mean, we get it publicized in the news all the time over here that uh, fentanyl deaths, basically. And it's usually due to celebrities who have got caught up taking something that's either got fentanyl laced in it or have taken, you know. Uh, well, I don't know. Can you take. Here we go. This is me going. Can you take fentanyl? My naivety. Can you take fentanyl as a drug on its own? And you does could. it do similar sort of things to like heroin? You,
1: you, you could. Uh, but it's 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 more of a
0: But most of the time, it's yeah. Most of
1: the danger is you might be taking a substance that you think is is not fentanyl, but it's laced with fentanyl, and then you know it has devastating consequences. And and that's a danger of any drug that you buy off the street, or you buy off the internet, or social media. You can't be assured that what you're buying is pure. It's probably not.
0: Is there any way that you can test? Is there anything out in the marketplace that where you could test and see if fentanyl was actually? Because I know over here they did introduce testing of MDMA pills and things like that because MDMA is quite – it's a party drug over here, right? And so people were not sure what these drugs – they were taking them. They're going to take them. So it was really around, well, what – can we try and use preventative methods and test these things? So is there any way to test what? Well, in- there may
1: be, but, but quite, quite frankly, if somebody's interested in getting a drug, they're, they're, they're not interested in testing it to see what it's made of or what's in it. They, they want it, they want it for whatever reason, and they're going to take it. They're, they're very unlikely going to test it to see if it has anything in it other than what they yeah. think it is yeah
0: and is there particular drugs that fentanyl is getting laced into that needs people need to be it aware potentially of? so is it like cocaine it could, and but it's yeah, anything it could
1: potentially be in anything that's a danger with these drugs you know could wow. uh, again right. you don't know the source you don't know where it's been before it got to the street or through your dealer um, even marijuana uh, you know might be laced with something that you're unaware of uh, so if you're not buying it, say through a reputable dispensary, um, and you're buying it off the street or the internet or social media, you really run the risk that you 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 maybe get something that you hadn't thought you were going to be getting.
0: Yeah, and um, and I know way back into the '80s that you couldn't actually get actual marijuana the the buds the green marijuana you could only get the resin and that was laced with many different things so um yeah and and marijuana although people think it's harmless marijuana on the teenage brain is um is has massive impacts just the same as alcohol on the teenage brain
1: and that's the important point that i think every parent needs to understand that it's different Uh, for an adolescent who might be smoking marijuana than an adult and the difference is exactly what you said it's brain development our brains our brains don't become fully developed until around age 24 or 25 so when you take a developing maturing adolescent brain and you put drugs into it whether it's marijuana or any other substance you run the risk of doing some damage to that brain
0: yeah, exactly, and that can be lifelong damage, basically. Um, have we seen any difference between um, boys and girls regarding post pandemic? Have we have we seen any spikes? Um, Or any surprises regarding the sexes? That's
1: an interesting question. The research that's done every year really doesn't segregate it out into male and female. Uh, It's basically. It needs to.
0: We need to have words with them.
1: (laughs) It's basically looking at eighth, 10th, and 12th grade boys and girls. Uh, But it would be interesting to separate that and see if there is a distinction. Um, There is one distinction that I'm aware of, and and that is. boys tend to experiment with multiple substances where girls tend to focus just on one if they're going to use it. So boys are more at risk for maybe doing a little bit more experimentation.
0: Yeah, wow. Well, I think we knew that anyway, but yeah, no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And is there any like, shocking statistics that are stating that kids are because i know with vaping it seems in australia and also massively in the uk that vaping the children that are trying and starting to vape are getting younger and younger and younger because it's deemed as it's similar to smoking but it's supposed to be safer um which we're now finding out isn't the case um but are, are there any statistics to state that with vaping and things like that, that it's getting younger?
1: Well, the survey that's done nationally every year looks at eighth grade students, 10th and 12th. So as early as eighth grade, we're seeing vaping um, at about not very high percentages. The last statistic was about 6% of eighth graders are vaping. But by the time they get to be be seniors, it, it gets to 20%. So it goes from eight wow. percent in six uh, percent in eighth grade to twenty, almost twenty-one percent by twelfth grade. So as kids get older, they tend to be more prone to getting into these substances.
0: And vaping is just as bad as cigarettes. It's just a nightmare. It's like anything that you're gonna inhale into your lungs um is not good. Um and and you're saying that nicotine is still up there with um, is still up there with these sort of drugs as such, vaping, nicotine, alcohol. It's still up there because, like, it's so much harder to smoke anywhere. Like, it's been, like, there's there's streets here. There's, like, outdoor events and things like that that, you know, you can't smoke at. There's restaurants and bars and, you know, um, you know concerts and things like that that you can't smoke at. Concerts, sporting events, things like that. So it's so much harder to smoke, but it's still happening.
1: It is, and and vaping has made it somewhat easier for teenagers mm. uh, to to be able to smoke uh, nicotine. Uh, you know, it's it's easy to conceal a vaping pen. Many many teenagers will take them to school, and they will go to the you know to the boys' room or the girls' room, and they'll take out their vaping pen and take a couple of puffs of nicotine, and uh, nobody hardly knows it. And parents oftentimes don't recognize you know the the vaping that's going on as well. the The problem with vaping, one of the problems is although um, you're just getting nicotine whereas tobacco you're getting you're getting nicotine and a lot of other carcinogens with vaping you're getting pure nicotine which means you're getting higher concentrations of nicotine than what you would get if you were say smoking a cigarette or a cigar Uh, the vaping you're getting um, much higher concentrations of nicotine hitting the brain which makes it uh, a lot more powerful and addictive
0: wow so it's a lot more addictive
1: it is because you're getting higher concentrations of nicotine
0: yeah yeah no that's well that's fair enough so um wow so i so really we've not learned anything from the pandemic period of time we've just gone back to how we would do normally we've just had a bit of a rest for a couple of years but human nature's still gone back to the same old addictions that we had a few years ago is basically what you're saying it's lower but it will gradually creep up is what we're thinking
1: that would be my concern that we're starting to see a year it's only been a year since the pandemic and we're seeing some slight increases except for alcohol which we saw get back to almost pre-pandemic levels yeah and we'll we'll find out in the next few years if that trend continues and eventually we get back to the pre-pandemic levels on these other substances as well.
0: So how do we, how do we turn this around? How do we, um, we did pretty well pandemic wise, but then I suppose we were worrying about other things, right? So uh, I wonder if our own mortality was in question right because everyone was worried and everyone was concerned and god do you die this thing and all of this stuff and now we've like gone back to our complacent selves, where our mortality is like we're okay now because covid's not around how do we how do we help our kids and our teenagers to to not get into these traps
1: i think the best way to do that is through education and by that i mean Um, These kids don't respond very well to telling them the drugs are illegal or bad for them uh, because they don't they don't believe it. Uh, But what I found is that they do respond to a neuroscience approach. These kids are very curious about how their brain works and what their brain does. So if we have a chance at turning this around, I really believe it's going to be through a neuroscience education approach where we teach kids from very early ages, elementary school, the importance of the brain, what the brain does, why it's so important to protect the brain. And then as they move into middle school and high school, we start to introduce how drugs work in the brain so that they can get an appreciation to protect their brain and and an understanding of how these drugs can damage the brain. That is probably an approach that has a better chance of success than just simply telling kids drugs are illegal and bad for them because they don't believe that.
0: No, and I, I have to say, being coming from the UK, there was a massive campaign in the UK because we were losing a lot of people to heroin addiction and things like that um, in the 80s and the 90s and, um, and Acid House music was coming on the scene. So there's a lot of MDMA and, and things like that floating yeah. around. And so we had a big, massive campaign that was just basically just say no, right? <laughs>
1: We've had that here in this country too and it doesn't work.
0: No, because if you're a teenager, you go, well, I'm not going to just say no. I'm going to just say yes, because all you want to do is buck the system, buck against society, buck against somebody saying no to you, right? You want to say, yeah. I don't care what you say. I know best. And and like have has anywhere, because I agree with you, education is key. Has, have Has anywhere in the States actually started trying to educate people regarding, is there anywhere that's any schools or any states that you've got over there that actually are going around and trying to educate kids and seeing are they researching it and seeing if there's any difference
1: not that i'm aware of uh, i think i think it uh,
0: oh, okay maybe we should start yeah, up a probably movement. should
1: uh, because i think it, it it's, it's yeah. badly needed because whatever's out there now is not working
0: no and look at the end of the day we're we're also the western society is also like we're addicted to food as well and all the shit that's in food. So, I mean, I think if we don't, if you're not educated in what you're eating as well, it can just be just as bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's Yeah, it's interesting. Right, there we go. Maybe that's my goal for 2023 <laughs> is to start a movement to educate these children, these teens. I can't call them children. They're not children. They're sort of semi-adults into making, because it's really about them making choices. It's
1: about it? them. It's about them making choices. But in order to make a choice, you have to have the information. You have to know you know, what the pros and cons are. Uh, and you have to understand that these drugs have an impact on an adolescent developing brain. And that's something that I think teenagers and even pre-teenagers need to have an appreciation for. But before they can have an appreciation, they have to learn about it, and somebody has to teach them about it.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Thank you for coming back and giving us this update. Is there anything else that um, we haven't covered about the um, research? That... No. I
1: think I think we've I think we've we covered the know. highlights of it. Uh, I would encourage people to uh, read the Addicted Child: A Parent's Guide to Adolescent Substance Abuse. Mm. Uh, keep a copy on your bookshelf um even if you don't suspect you need it it'll be there as a resource and by reading the book it's only about a hundred and some pages uh hopefully uh you'll be uh, a little more informed and better prepared to deal with it if you have to or um maybe can be a resource for somebody that might need it in the future but uh Uh, my approach is knowledge is power. So the more we know about something, the more likely we are to to feel empowered to be able to deal with it if we have to.
0: See, Richard, I'm sitting here thinking to you, thinking about you when you're talking, going, maybe we need to coerce you into writing one that educates the addicted child, (laughs) not their parents, you've already done that, but the addicted child, or try and get there before they're addicted, about the effects of drugs on their brain, maybe we need to get you writing another book.
1: <laughs> well, maybe. Uh, hopefully, teachers will pick up on this and become curious about it and interested in it, and uh, and begin uh, to, to 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 maybe reach out and do some of this themselves.
0: Well, I think because addiction and addiction to drugs, alcohol leads to so many. Um, Well, so many life changing things because alcohol, you could get into a fight, which means that, you know, one punch, you could punch somebody, one punch situation and they're dead. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you find that you're in prison for 20, 30 odd years or whatever. Um, And that was just by going out and having a drink with your mates as such. Right. Um, I mean, that's not potentially that's not being addicted. But if you're doing it every weekend or whatever, there's a massive impact to you, your health and people around you um and it's hindsight's a fantastic thing isn't it but um yeah it's about getting that education first so your website again is www. Is it healing the addicted child
1: it's uh, www.helptheaddictedchild.com. Helptheaddictedchild.com the addicted com. help child.com.
0: Okay, brilliant. So if people want to actually find out a little bit more about what you do mm-hmm. and, um, you know, about the book and, and or speak to you, they can actually go on the website and they can contact you and speak to you or find out a bit more about
1: yourself. Absolutely. And the they, they can go to the website, they'll see endorsements and book reviews, a sample chapter, there'll be a link that'll take them directly to Amazon where it's available, the book's available as a uh, Kindle or as a paperback and there's a link that will allow them to send me a message if they choose to do so. Cool,
0: brilliant, brilliant. So last question for you, (coughs) if you could recommend a book, and it wouldn't be your own, sorry, we've plugged that enough, but (laughs) if you could recommend a book um, to my audience, what book would you recommend and why?
1: Oh my gosh, Um, I I, I read a lot of uh, fiction. Uh, yeah. I lead a lot of psychological fiction, um, mm-hmm. and I would recommend that um, if you're interested in in fiction, if you're interested in psychological type of fiction, yes, yeah, um, that's right that, down my street. That you take a look at uh, uh, some of those books that uh, you can easily find on Amazon uh, by going in and just doing a search for psychological uh, fiction books.
0: Oh, okay. Have you not read anything recently that sort of sticks in your mind? What are Um, you reading at the moment? Let me
1: see what I'm reading. Well, I've got some here that uh, I have on my list that I have read. I've read one called The Doctor's Wife. I think that's one that I'm reading now. Uh, But I have some others, uh, things like The Secret She Kept, uh, Unknown Caller, things like that, Mm. uh, which are all they're, they're 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 fun to read uh, and they're interesting uh they're not a lot of psychology to them it's more of uh, of an entertaining type of an approach yeah.
0: But that's okay. That's fine. That's you know we can't do studying all the time, can we? No, we, we can't. <laughs> do, you, do you have a um? Do you have a favorite author? Is that are they all written by the same author? Author no, or are they different?
1: There's different one. Um, Miranda Ranks is one. Valerie uh, Kesh is another one. Natalie uh, Bartelli. I've read a lot of Natalie's books. Um, she's she writes in this in this area. Um, so any of any of those would be uh, good options
0: yeah i've always been a wilbur smith fan but then also stephen king james herbert all of the horrors read a lot of stephen king
1: i haven't read stephen king in quite a long time but um when he first started writing books i think i read just about everything that he wrote for the first years
0: me too me too and there was another author james herbert who i absolutely well, every time he had a book come out, I just basically bought it and read it. It was absolutely awesome. Yeah. Um. I can't think of any of the titles now because it's such a long time ago. Because I've got had a kid and like you don't get time to read now. I listen <laughs> to audio books now, but um, yeah. So yeah, and again, another plug for Audible. They really need to. I need to. I need to write to them and say I've plugged them so many times on my podcast. They need to sponsor me. But um, yes. So um, look. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're um, welcome. Thank you for coming on board. It's always good to speak to you. I'm always interested to find out what's actually happening um, with, you know, the substance abuse within our teenagers. I'm hoping it would be going down and we would have learned our lessons regarding the pandemic, but it doesn't seem to be. We just got locked away and couldn't get our drugs. So then when we got released out, we've now sort of slowly getting out into the world and doing the same old thing that we did
1: before which is pretty much yeah
0: we're not learning from our lessons okay all right no worries Richard thank you again um and best of luck thank you come on you need to write a second book
1: (laughs) well we'll see about that (laughs) but thank you so much I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me
0: yeah no worries okay um we'll speak to you later okay bye-bye have a great week thanks for listening If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes, as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin, and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.